0: New Kung Fu Kenny! Ain't nobody praying for me! Y'all know what happens on Earth stays on Earth! Here we go! I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck I, I, I don't give a fuck I'm willing to die for this shit I done cried for this shit Might take a lie for this shit Put the Bible down and go out for a knife for this shit D.O.T. my enemy won't catch a vibe for this shit Aye! I been stuffed out in front of my mama my daddy commissary made it to commerce. Bitch, y'all, my grandma's dead. So ain't nobody praying for me, I'm on your head. Ayy, 30 millions later, no defense watching. Auntie on my telegram, like, be cautious. I be hanging out at Tam's, I be on Stockton. I don't do it for the ground, I do it for Compton. I'm willing to die for the shit, nigga. i take your fucking life for the shit, nigga. We ain't going back to broke, family selling dope. That's why you mini ass rap niggas better know. Gotta slap a pussy ass nigga, I'ma make it look sexy If I gotta go hard on a bitch, I'ma make it look sexy I pull up, hop out, out, made it look sexy They won't take me on my element, nah,
1: take me on my element And welcome to Savage Beast, uh, a podcast about Kendrick Lamar and Radiohead uh, <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your host, uh, Joe Gallagher and uh, with me, as always, uh, funny, funny quip, Paul McCloud.
2: Yeah, um, Billy Corgan is just sobbing right now that you didn't mention him um, in that intro, because it's, this is definitely a
1: podcast about Billy Corgan also. That's um, true. It's, it's, more, it's more than a podcast about Billy Corgan. It's a, it's a podcast by people who <laughs> care can we? way too much about Billy Corgan.
2: At the first Savage Beast Summit uh, held in I don't know Lausanne, Switzerland, it will definitely be just um, uh, Tom York and Billy Corgan and Kendrick, and we'll be yes. the only people in the audience, and we'll just sort
1: of be like drooling. Um, I was I was thinking more that we were gonna have like a a like poorly attended academic conference where someone's giving oh. like a paper on Billy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but we make Billy come and sit through it.
2: Yes. Oh, he would. <laughs> Grumpily, <laughs> and then he would bitch about it. Um, yeah, uh, Joe, let's talk about the best music of of Q2. Now that
1: Q3 is almost over, as so, is now our yes. want. Yes, um, we got really close to recording this in Q4. I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: at least this time we were actually prepared to do this like a month ago. But um, things yeah. kept getting in the way. Yeah, so. a lot of stuff happened. Uh, uh, I I have no more travel for the rest of the year, so
1: uh. On time from now on. Nice. Um, So, Paul, uh, we both nominated Kendrick's Damn as one of Mm -hmm. the best albums of quarter two. Uh, I I don't think there's any surprise there. It's uh, it's a banger. Uh, It's the best uh, best rap album of the year so far. Uh, Mm -hmm. Might be the best album of the year so far. Uh, And uh, uh, we've sung its praises maybe twice already.
2: At least we, we, we got hype for the singles and then we, we sent spent like a whole episode um talking about it. Yes. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> that was uh that was uh element, by the way. The fourth track, third real song on the album, um and the hook of the year, if you ask me. Um one that really relates to my life. Uh but um uh yeah, I don't have too much more to say about it except that it um continues to be excellent uh i think i i would definitely make it my album of the year so far i know you have other candidates i had other candidates but nothing that beat it and um
1: it's still good it's a little hard because i think last year i was so sure that uh car street headdress was my album of the year uh to have any uh doubt at all seems seems odd see Um, i feel kind of like i did then there you go um no it's it's um I think that even as I'm wondering what my favorite album of the year is going to be, this is probably the best album of the year. Yeah. I know what you're saying with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, That distinction is permitted here on Savage Beast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can't, you, it would be foolish to pretend it doesn't exist. Um, Yes. Um, Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on to an album we haven't talked about yet. Well, I wanted to make
2: one last point, which is when we discussed this album, I said the one thing I wanted to do was try listening to it with uh, "Loyalty," the Rihanna song. Nothing against Rihanna, and "Love" the Zachary, whoever he is, song. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no respect to, no disrespect to Zachary. Sequenced out, and I did that, and um, I actually do think it's better. Um, I could so see that. I could try see that. that. Anyway. Just because they're like the soft, um, uh, nothing wrong with softness, but in this case, I felt like they distracted a little bit from the flow. So anyway, as you said, let's move on to something we haven't already talked to death. All right, Paul, let's do one of your albums. Okay, Um, I'm gonna keep it fun here at the start, and I'm gonna throw some White Reaper, uh, world's best American band, at you. Okay. Judy French by uh, White Reaper, uh, mm-hmm. the second track on the world's greatest American band. Um, so uh, a few thoughts on this uh, excellent album. Um, this is uh, <clears throat> this is one of those albums that um, is, in a way, completely unoriginal. It sounds exactly like a bunch of music that's been made before. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those albums that does that and makes all those retro uh songs from a decades ago um without any of the bad parts and only all the good stuff like turned up to 15 um i'm trying to i should have come up with some other examples but i often feel this way about uh really good retro style music i mean it's kind of true with a lot of the alternative rock that comes out now um or alternative style rock anyway um But uh, it's just like, you know, Cheap Trick is a reference I've seen. Um, It's one of those sort of like fun 80s rock bands, um, but just like more sophisticated and refined without being in any way dull or dry. And um, uh, it's great. The guy sings like those old singers sang, uh, which kind of nobody else really does. Um, And uh, uh, to me, this is the ultimate fun party music um, which makes me realize how weird I am um, because I can't think of any more like just like hey let's have mindless fun music that I'd rather listen to and yet obviously the rest of the world would be like I don't really get it.
1: Well it's funny that you would say uh, like kind of like fun party band or fun party music because I think I thought of two bands that I also think are fun at parties which are uh, The Darkness and uh, Black Lips. I feel yeah. like there's, a, there's sort of those elements. It's the darkness that's sort of like obvious callback to a uh, you know, bygone yeah. uh, late 70s. Uh, or, it, I think of them as 80s, hair metal. Yeah. 80s, hair metal, hair metal. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the black lips that kind of. Uh, it's not grungy with a capital G, it's just grungy, lowercase g, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, fast moving sludge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um that's a good description actually for (laughs) (laughs) grunge um uh so uh but yeah it's it's they're they're fun i mean i think um uh i'm beginning to see that this is uh scratch is an itch for you yeah uh, these, these kinds of bands um and i think that again the party thing that makes sense i mean you know if you're if you're looking i don't know it's it is a special thing to be able to put together like really good rock music that has that sort of like compelling fun, but that yeah. does, it doesn't ruin the song by being fun.
2: Exactly. Yeah. No, it's just like, I mean, they've just got, you know, uh, riffs and melodies for days and um, because they never really stumble with any of them, um, it's consistently cool. It's, it's kind of like the cars except this is more fun than listening to the cars for me. Oh, the um, cars
1: is a good, a good comparison for them. Exactly, yeah. Um, They're dirtier than the Cars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, dirty, I, the Dirty
2: Cars is a great <laughs> band name. It's definitely a great Cars cover band name. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I, my last thought was that um, this is definitely, instead of what pop punk actually is, which is whiny, angsty kids without any sophistication, this is what pop punk should be, Um In that it is actually poppy and yet still sort of punk.
1: Who are you you thinking of that you're like that you're sort of negatively? uh, Oh, you know, just that late
2: '90s, some '41, Blink '182. Oh yeah, 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 of course, you know, uh, the single syllable number uh, bands. Yes. Um, But uh, yeah, if if I could choose any band from this quarter to uh, have a backstage pass for, it would definitely be White Reaper because it must be lit back there. Word um okay all right joe um we just blazed through white reaper as they would have wanted uh
1: what do you have for us uh yeah let's talk about um let's let's i'll do my fun one as well let's do uh mac Demarco. all right <laughs>
2: That was one more love song by Mac DeMarco.
1: Yeah, um, so uh, this is off his album. Uh, I should have said the name of it. It's called "This Old Dog." Uh, came out in May, um, and I, you know what I have to say is sometimes uh, the album picks me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not really holding this up as a, as a, you know a particular height of artistry, but um, it's it's an album I'm happy to listen to anytime, anywhere. You know when a song pops up on a mix or on, you know, the radio. I'm always glad, it it bounces, it grooves, and it's it's really honest. Um, it's just kind of mm-hmm. who he is, this lovable dirtbag, um, and uh, you know that it doesn't. You know what this album is, and it asks nothing from you, uh, other than to listen to some uh, great, catchy, acoustic and keyboard uh stoner rock jams for 45 minutes um and I do think that you know even maybe ignoring the maybe if, if it's not the height of artistry, uh, there is awesome craftsmanship here um you know the the song after this is uh, sort of a sublime it's, just, it's called on the on the level and it has uh, the sublime keyboard riff with uh you know the perfect blips and hums. Um, and, and, you know, and, and in the song we just heard, um, everything is crafted to fit his stoner John Lennon <laughs> vibe. Um,
2: you mean, you mean a stoned John Lennon as opposed to the regular John Lennon? Well, it's like,
1: yeah. What is the stoner <laughs> Lennon? It's like modern stoner Lennon. I see. I see. <laughs> there you go. The Lennon stoner, uh, fair point. Um, yeah, uh, and I just I I mean I really found Mark Mac Demarco charming. Uh, he's he's utterly sincere, and he yeah. pulls off a pained rom- romance with uh, just a really respectable nonchalance. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Um, I think uh, I think you 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 don't even need to apologize for the distinction between artistry and craftsmanship that you drew because um, it's, it's fucking hard to craft songs this well. Um, it's, he's just a tremendous songwriter considering that we're, I don't, I don't remember how many albums he has because he has things that are almost album length that are called EPs. Um, mm-hmm. but I own several of them and they're all really good. And here he is, uh, still making really good stuff. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> I didn't put it on my list just because I had a lot of other good songs, but yeah or albums but there's uh this is great I love Mac DeMarco. Um you're you're right about his sincerity. It's his method lyrically is kind of interesting. He he kind of opts for like usually to just do really straightforward uh inner monologue uh spoken into lyrics. Probably I'm guessing he could never like he would never just like say these things to the person he's addressing these songs to, but he can put it out there uh, as a song. Um, that's just speculation, but that's what it feels like. Um, <laughs> or, or
1: the, he would say it, but the person would never know what he was saying. <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, and but then he'll like he'll like pull out just like one image to put in it. So uh, you know, as opposed to the more imagistic type of lyrics that I usually go for. Um, But, you know, he'll do something like uh, Moonlight on the Water or whatever is the one central image of a song that otherwise is him just like talking about uh, how weird it is to watch your dad that you don't like die. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's so it's so direct. You know, some of the songs like that are crazy personal, but also, you know, relatable for a lot of people. Um, And then some of them are, you know, he'll do one love song about how um, even though he's, uh, you know, just a specific situation, of even though I sometimes I'm kind of cold, I'll always love you. And then the next one is a kiss off song, like fuck you, we're breaking up. Um, so it feels a little bit like, you know, sort of uh, uh, just working through various stock romantic situations, but it's, they're all so well drawn and, you know, everybody goes through all those phases. Um, there's a, uh, it's not, uh, blindingly original but it doesn't need to be he's just really great at what he's doing
1: yeah 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 uh, um i should
2: also say we should highlight because we haven't so far um he's he's surprisingly weird um because there will be like the first couple tracks it's like you know like you said sort of acoustic loping you know uh what's that guy uh, uh is jackson brown the name i'm looking for i'm sorry my head yeah, isn't working yes i don't know Uh, you know, easy, like Sunday morning, um, style rock. But then he also has like sort of super, like, like the most stoned version of disco you could have. And that's several tracks on the album. Um, so, uh, I appreciate that. It's not just the, uh, singer
1: songwriter type of thing. It's also bizarre at times. Yeah. I mean, he is, um, uh, he's not afraid to kind of you know, experiment and go into—I don't want to say jam band territory because that's sort of underestimating him. But he definitely um, there's a classic. There's a there's a rock undertone to that like a really solid foundation in yeah uh, the best rock and roll.
2: But also like funk on ketamine or something. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Mac DeMarco—he uh, hasn't made a bad album yet, and this is also not a bad album.
1: Word um
2: okay uh any final mac demarco thoughts joe no this put this album on your uh cue it up for your next road trip okay uh i think at this point i have one album that's kind of normal compared to the other albums and a whole bunch of weird ass albums so i'm gonna jump into the weirdness with colin stetson's all this i do for glory okay
0: the
1: middle
2: all right that was uh like wolves on the fold from colin stetson and, um, uh, that was maybe a slightly misleading track in that it doesn't get into the fact that this album kind of actually has beats, um, in a, in its own fashion, but it does show you the, um, the main things going on, uh, other than that, which are that Colin Stetson is this, uh, we've discussed him at least a little bit, or at least I have, uh, this incredibly virtuosic, I believe, baritone saxophone player, mm-hmm. um, who, um, just, uh, I played the saxophone a little bit. Uh, I am not like a saxophone player by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I certainly haven't, I actually pulled it out recently, but I'm not good. Um, uh, the things he does just knowing a little bit about the instrument kind of blow my mind, uh, especially when you hear him go really high and really low, uh, in short succession, which is very hard to do. Um, and, uh, uh, just the way that it's super tight in terms of the composition and the playing, like really fast, really, um, really uh, uh, rhythmic and uh, um, uh, rangy melodies, and yet also it gets wild all of a sudden, just in you know for like a beat, and then goes back more to its thing. Um, that is the kind of uh, that's the kind of musical virtuosity that. Like makes my hair stand on end and you combine that with what you get uh later in I, I think later on that track and then on some of the other tracks with the um the heavy groove element uh uh at least for experimental music and uh this is like exactly what i want my experimental music to do which is just be really weird really crazy and yet also um totally physical and um Uh, totally uh, able to just grab you and pull you into it uh, um, in a, in a, in a very bodily way. It's not just mentally weird and complex. It's also uh, music, which for me is always ultimately um, a muscular thing when it's at its best.
1: Yeah. um, It's certainly like it's, it's driving and compelling and uh, it, it grabs you um and kind of forces you to follow you know run through this very complicated maze of rhythms and like harmonies and sounds uh and i you know i think you have talked about this dude before but Mm -hmm. i didn't really understand how extensive his resume was um Mm -hmm. Yeah, you he know,
2: has a lot of albums that are awesome, actually.
1: He, yeah, I mean, he has his albums, and then he's, you know, played with Arcade Fire, Bon Iver, uh, TV on the radio, and, you know, a, a whole long list of people who he's contributed to either uh, live or on albums. Um, and it's uh, um, just... it's almost overwhelming to listen (laughs) to this album. Um, I found, I found myself at times kind of stuck between Am I listening to this while? Like how intensely do I need to listen to this album? (laughs) Um, It seemed like it was requiring a great deal of my attention, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, It's not a bad thing at all. But um, again, I was surprised by the, uh, the the depth of it and the um the power that uh you know i don't know new jazz like what what uh, i don't know what you call this
2: yeah see it's it's i guess it's you want to say jazz just because there's saxophone and it's complex but it's it's not at all improvised you know it's um it's it's super it's here's what it really is is it's like Exciting minimalism um, yeah. is really the the style of the composition. It could it could be like a uh,
1: uh, you know uh, Philip Glass uh, composition or something like that. A lot yeah. of the times. I mean, I guess it's it's definitely jazz. I mean, you know, it it has those sorts of you know ongoing variation, things mutate around a common theme. Yeah, and, well, see, uh, that's you know,
2: what I that's what I think of as minimalist is that because it's so tight and so fast and everything.
1: But then go on, right, right. Maybe it might be more like avant-garde, avant-garde yeah. jazz, um, <laughs> or you know, just playing experimental music. But I mean, yeah, it's it's jazz. Of course, it you know, as a lot of jazz now does, it incorporates a lot more uh, uh, sort of modern rhythm. You know, whether it's sort of that more like hip-hop backbeat to it or mm-hmm. you know a little bit of that more driving rock sound um the, those things are getting pulled into jazz a little more um but uh yeah, this is this is another album i'm just uh the, uh, the accomplishment uh yeah. putting putting this together is just uh it's amazing yeah um
2: no you're right about um uh, the accomplishment—it's amazing—and also about the way it uh, grabs your attention. Um, for me, that's that's what really makes me love an album—is when um, when it really demands and rewards paying close attention to it. Um, as as in, like I'm not doing anything else. You maybe I'm walking, uh, <laughs> but listening to this music. Um, and uh, this one, despite having zero lyrics, which are usually the thing that most you know catch people's attention, even mine. Um, uh, it can totally do that just through the sheer musicianship going on and composition going on. So um, the 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 other thing that we should that I want to note just, uh, th- even though everybody notes it, is the way he makes it um, he sort of like brings the playing into your ears by miking himself and his instrument so closely that you can hear him breathing, which you can do if you go back and listen to that segment we just played. You can hear him just going like, Uh, in the background um he might even be doing circular breathing because it sounds like he's um breathing in as he's playing um and then you can also just hear the the keys on the saxophone uh Correct me. I I would feel really bad if I was saying that wrong. I and mean, they're called stops or something. Since I actually played the saxophone, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you can actually hear them like slapping against the instrument and everything. It's just it's so cool. I don't
1: know. I love that. Luckily, I do not know what the parts of a saxophone are called. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: yeah. The the best part of the saxophone is the the anus from which the sound emits. That's that's the coolest part. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Um. Apparently, he, according to his Wikipedia page, he does do circular breathing so Ah,
2: yeah it's you can definitely hear it uh on that part we just played because clearly he is putting out breath and taking it in at the same time so that's cool
1: um there are a lot of different kinds of saxophones which is yeah cool
2: uh there are at least four that i know of but maybe there are more um the funniest is of course the soprano that is actually bent like uh an alto saxophone the only reason a saxophone is built be- it bent is because it would be too long otherwise right um so with the soprano it, it doesn't really need to be it can just be straight like a clarinet but sometimes they make them bent anyway which is hilarious especially when a large person plays it and
1: then it looks like a kid's saxophone
2: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> um all right joe uh pick something else for us yeah let's listen to um uh chastity belt okay. Is different now uh, from Chastity Belt's album uh, I Used To Spend So Much Time Alone uh, This album uh, This band uh, I came to know them from uh, Their 2015 album Time To Go Home uh, I got to see them um, And they have uh, a, An approach To the Current, f- you know, female Powered Indie rock that is noticeably different um i think instead of t- bringing in uh you know obvious influences of of grunge and alternative rock and you know courtney love and liz fair i think there's a lot more of the, the cure and mm. shoegaze and maybe like uh, the smiths and 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 indie rock um in Overall in what they do. Um, And this album is uh, just a lot of these really... It's like what we just heard. They're they're, they're these very quiet but not acoustic songs. They're just... They're carefully crafted to be uh, right on the edge between being incredibly sad and also not caring at all what's going on um which is reflected in the lyrics uh i think as well um uh yeah uh yeah yeah i so was looking up the lyrics from um uh one of the songs here i should have had these ready no. um it's fine this is professional yes yes um it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think that they are, um, I, I struggle to like, uh, even as I was like kind of writing out what I thought I might want to say to them, I, I struggle sometimes to put into words, um, why they're just to me slightly cooler than some hmm. other bands. And I think they have ambition, you know, I think th- their previous albums, uh, they, kind of joked around a lot. There's a song in their last album called Cool Slut that's, you know, <laughs> kind of kind of laid back, uh, you know, dry humor and and that's missing here. Um uh, uh as much you know or it's it's morphed. Um the song there's a song called Complain and the opening lines are uh I've had a drink and ate some stuff. Now I'm already bored couple (laughs) of bros said some shit I'm choosing to ignore (laughs) and the sort of uh just absolute uh, lack of giving a fuck that you hear uh Mm -hmm. in in her voice um is is pretty remarkable and and that she managed to sell those sort of teenage lyrics um is is impressive and a feat that um um is repeated uh throughout the album her name is uh, julia shapiro and she's the uh compelling lead singer of this band da, da, i'm rambling cut, <laughs> cut me off joe you're cut off um you are right about this band um they
2: are really good the the shoegaze comparisons you pulled in are good um it's they they're shoegaze without the the occasional boringness of shoegaze mm-hmm. for me personally um uh you know like just enough post punk to keep it moving um and i think the way they overcome some of that sort of like uh blase lyrics and blase delivery is with just really catchy songwriting um, Yes. which is always the best way to overcome those things um so uh i totally appreciate that um i uh the only reason it's on my list is like I didn't just quite grab me all the way the way some of these other things did and I think part of that is also just it kind of turns out if I have a lot of choices of really strange unique music I'm I'm going to gravitate towards that but there is absolutely nothing wrong with this
1: excellent album and I'm glad you picked it. Yeah true um I think in this quarter we ended up um, you're just listening to a lot of, like, artsy shit. Yeah, it's really artsy, no yes. question. <laughs> um, That's, Yeah. Which is I, why you have to overcompensate and go to White Reaper on the other end when you teach a rock.
2: <laughs> I, exactly, yeah. No, the funny thing was I had, you know, Chastity Belt, um, and then I had Jay som and I had Charlie Bliss, and I had Girl Pool, which are, like, four mm-hmm. really good... Uh, coincidentally, I think woman led, um, uh, rock albums, uh, Jason was the last quarter, but as I promised, uh, I would consider her for this one because I forgot mm-hmm. her for the first quarter. Those are all really great albums that I, uh, that are all sort of like in my wheelhouse of, of, you know, variations on alternative indie rock that, um, just sort of all barely lost out on my list, um, but we're all really good. And maybe they—if there had only been one of them, I would have chosen one of them. You know?
1: Yeah. There's something about the way this album uh, refuses to have a—it's uh, it, sort of like they turned down some opportunities for hooks to kind mm-hmm. of keep the the personality going, and it it definitely made it more of a second or third listen album for me even though it's coming into it with um, a lot of love for the band and um, uh, the the first, the single that we heard different now is a fucking amazing song. So good. Yeah. Um, And they sort of follow, they sort of like go down that rabbit hole um, of that's, that's, you know, lost. uh, Well, they get lost in that first song and and they, they keep going. They don't turn around Um, and it's, it's, (laughs) pretty cool to get to the end of this album and have you know sort of just heard um a lot of these like really intricately crafted songs and uh, again there's there's some similarities here to and uh, you know another of my picks uh, big thief yeah uh, which we've talked about before um in terms of the the level of songwriting as you as you pointed out is uh particularly high
2: yeah. And, you know, that's interesting. You said it took you a few lessons to really get into it. And maybe I, you know, I have I've listened to it twice, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, maybe another few times and I'll 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 regret leaving it off. But uh, I certainly have no complaints about it. It's a great album. Indeed. All right. Um, OK, I'm going to go with. uh Johnny Void's album Selfless uh uh the best track of which uh we opened a previous episode with so we'll go with a different one this time now right
0: makes me feel 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 makes people 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 people people
2: Hey, that was uh, disassociation. Kyla's song from Johnny Void's album *Selfless*. Johnny Void being a, it might still be teenage French DJ. I think it said, um, who makes all of his uh songs from found sounds, um, except for maybe some of the vocals are hmm. recorded just for him. Um, but yeah, he doesn't. He he's made an ethos at least for now of uh not generating any of the sounds. Um. which is neither here nor there, but kind of interesting. He has an amazing ear for samples, if you ask me. Um, Often pulling really uh, interesting, um, you know, sort of uh, compositions out of uh, wherever he's getting these sources. Um, The, let me see the name of it. The, oh yeah, Observer, the song we played before on this podcast uh, is my favorite one. And that's got just sort of this, you know, strange uh, avant-garde classical piano thing going on. But then, of Mm -hmm. course, he's a DJ, so there are lots of uh, weird beats. And it's really exactly what I want out of my electronic music. Um, It's beautiful, but also uh, beautiful and I don't know if danceable is the right word, but uh, definitely makes me bot my head. Um, And yet also totally strange in a way that without really sounding like Aphex Twin reminds me of what Aphex Twin does for me. Um, And uh, the result is that it's, I mean, it's completely pretentious a lot of the time, uh, particularly um, on the song we played before. um, But in a way that I totally love, um, partially, I guess, because it's undercut. The pretentiousness is by the the boppability of the strange beats, which he has. Mm a really amazing, uh, sense of timing for how to drop the beat out and bring it back in. Um, and, uh, so even though maybe this album isn't the strongest track to track all the way through of all the albums I picked, the highlights, uh, and the uniqueness are enough to, uh, make it one of my favorites of the quarter. Uh,
1: yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a, really cool album i agree that um he is sort of a master of of putting these sounds together i didn't know it was found sounds uh that makes it uh an an extra degree of cool um i was reminded of uh an artist i like um especially his earlier 2000 output uh named fidez i don't know yeah you've i'm sure you've listened to him i think he continues to I own some finesse finesse is yeah. great yeah um I sort of it just reminded me of the early that just the way he, he kind of took these um harsh or unexpected sounds and put them into like compelling rhythms uh and and mm-hmm. uh, you know was able to write songs with sounds that's a unique talent and i mean of course there's um you know we we talk about a few people on this show regularly who are good at that maybe uh Richard D. James being the best (laughs) um but uh yeah you know I I I I dig this this album I dig the vibe um I really dig the vibe man Um, (laughs) this
2: was your this was your you have to say that though like like imagine somebody saying that like some completely Euro dude who has like a two thousand eight Euro mullet and is smoking a cigarette and weighs about hundred and thirty pounds but is six feet tall. Like that's the kind of vibe we're talking about
1: being dug here. I almost like I th- I also think of it as more of a uh, like a dad describing an album. You know, it's like ah oh, it's the vibe is so good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, either gay or a dad, one one or the other to like this album. Um,
1: yes, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, I think if I if I don't, I i probably like at an album like this, sometimes I struggle because I want there to be more of a melody between the amazing sounds, or I want, yeah, that's there, fair, yeah I want it to be a little more of a song, but that's not, it's not a criticism, that's more like just me how I tend to respond to albums like this. So even when I really like someone that does this, um, I have a hard time like queuing it up on the regular.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I would agree that like when I referred to some, maybe not all the tracks being super crazy strong, like that's definitely the case that sometimes it's like an interesting collage and not like uh, an amazing song. Um, but the collages are interesting enough and the high points are high enough that uh, I can get past that in this case. Um, right. Because there are plenty of DJs out there who do this kind of thing. And it's it's like you, for like eight bars, you're like, this, this beat rocks. And then you're like, oh. And after four minutes, you're like, okay, I heard that beat um, probably 30 times more than I really needed to, uh, considering that there are no lyrics or anything to carry it along. But I don't really get that feeling with this. So props to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great album. Um, All right, Joe, what's okay. next? Okay, what is next? Um, let's do, I'll do Big Thief. All right. Uh- <laughs> uh shark smile by uh, big thief off their album capacity uh we discussed this album in detail before uh and i talked about how it's um it's quiet uh how should we say mythological beauty uh <laughs> really uh you know spoke to me and that i found it um you know utter- utterly heartbreaking at times and um, beautifully biographically, uh, scripted mm-hmm. and just, just the work of, you know, a songwriter on another level. Um, uh, and just an album that talk about one that gets better and repeat listens and paying attention to the details. Uh, it's, it's really, um, uh, it's, it's, it's this band right now. Um, and I think I said this before, but I bears repeating that they they kind of understand how to generate um, an organic beauty out of sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really hard to do without being overly emo or mawkish, mawkish. Yes. Um <laughs> you know this is it's weird because some of the stories in this album aren't sad and they make them sad (laughs) absolutely the the stories that are sad you're still happy to listen to them (laughs) um yeah and yeah and you know and i think on top of that there's a there's a you know that that bruce springsteen quality that comes in on all of that you know it's it's a there's a storyteller uh you know it's, it's it's you know you you this is where you're really arrested and you want to hear, um, you know, so, you know, the, both the content and the way the story being told or have you absolutely like enraptured. Yeah. Um, so, uh,
2: I, I continue to agree with you that this album is excellent. Um, me not putting it on my list was, um, pr- uh, the one time of egregiously, um, done strategic voting i think <laughs> <laughs> and then i knew it was going to be on your list so i didn't need to put it on mine to get it in this enough. episode <laughs> um that's vital it's
1: vital that we <laughs> <laughs> that
2: said um uh the i uh, on repeat listens i did finally come up with uh well not I, it's not like i was trying to do this but i did come up with one um thing drawback for me personally which probably has more to do with my taste than any problem with the album um which you cleverly undercut by choosing shark smiles the sample track here which has <laughs> probably the wildest moment on the album with that intro there of the just sort of guitar freak out thing going on for yeah. a while which is that it's a little too uh composed and put together for me um right. to be something that's my very favorite um I forget which track it is, but there, you know, a lot of the time it's sort of like, um, this is, this is very pretty, uh, and very well-written, but it doesn't, uh, soar the way I really, the way it could, if it were to really go all the way for me. Um, so that's, that's the only thing that really like legitimately kept it off my list. If I, if I didn't know you were going to put it on yours, I, I might've, felt compelled to find a way to get it on mine. But
1: um Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I think that's a quality of the songs that I'm actually attracted to. I like yeah. when someone has kind of regulated every sound on a ah. quiet on a quiet album. Yeah. You know, that that draws me in. Uh there's um I think on our f- now just incredibly famous Lost episode, I sang <laughs> I sang the praises of uh, American Analog Set um, and, and their uh, album Know By Heart, which is, mm-hmm. you know, actually, it's not, it's probably only like 80 to 90% as good as this album, probably like 80% as good, mm-hmm. um, but it's the same thing. It's like pop music that, you know, every, you know, second of it has been kind of, uh, you know, sculpted yeah and uh yeah yeah but that that quality can it, you know you you either like that or you're like sometimes or you you're gonna be like come on let's yeah. somebody hit a distortion pedal somewhere do something yeah exactly weird
2: or it's not even distortion it's just like that like just just something some human spirit bursting out of the order that you can't control is that's that's what i'm especially attracted to myself um But we've discussed that before. So anyway, Big Thief, it's definitely excellent, despite the fact that I strained to come up with a criticism. Um, Any final thoughts on them, Joe?
1: No, I think we've said enough.
2: Okay, so here's an example of what really does turn me on, and that is Richard Dawson's album Peasant, um, from which I will play a song that we can't possibly listen to enough of to really tell you why I love this album. the patient Right, that was "Soldier" by Richard Dawson from his album *Peasant*. Um, so this album was funny because uh, I read like the preview description on the Pitchfork review, and I totally expected to hear the sort of like you know they were like oh it's an acoustic British dude, and I was like oh this is gonna be the thing that there are several guys out there uh who i'm sure are all like 60 who uh play this like really exquisite mannered virtuoso like folk acoustic guitar it's like the highest uh the apotheosis of the english folk tradition or something and it's wonderfully well made and i just couldn't possibly give a shit about it um and it leaves me totally cold and that's what i was expecting with this and so i I I almost didn't even listen to it and then (laughs) (laughs) I put it on and the first track is just like exactly kind of what I was expecting almost in terms of composition anyway it's like this sort of um, soothing um, melodic uh, trumpet thing going on and that goes on for for a minute or so and then it unexpectedly starts to devolve into like uh, shorter and weirder scronks and blips of of trumpet and other possibly other horns until at the end it's just like a musical joke uh where they're actually like I, I presume purposefully making the trumpet sound like farts uh, <laughs> answering back and yep. forth to each other. And yeah, I think you're right.
1: I think you're right.
2: And I was just like, whoa, whoa, this is not at all <laughs> as I was expecting. Um and then the next track is this fucking incredible um a folk song that starts out weird and interesting and then just gets crazy insane at the end in possibly the most exciting uh part of a song uh I've heard this year um you have to listen to it I can't describe it but it's this sort of like call and response choral thing um mm-hmm. it that is, it's really cool yeah it makes me go fucking wild um and uh yeah it's 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 got this um, it's got this sort of he sounds a lot like uh, uh, he reminds me of a little bit of a British Jeff Mangum Mm -hmm. where he's kind of like he's not out of tune, but he's sort of like in his own tune um, and he's not afraid to fucking wail in it um without vibrato and just just go just go all out with his voice. You heard that in the song we just played, which I chose not because it's my favorite but just because it's a little bit of a more immediate intro into his style. Um where you do have some of that beautiful acoustic type of composition I was expecting, but also he'll throw like purposefully dissonant bits in throughout, so you'll be constantly yo-yoing between the two things and that combination of um really really pretty amazing guitar playing and also craziness like he's he seems actually insane um uh is uh exactly perfect for me um and uh the the whole album just is very inventive uh as it goes through variations on that sort of thing
1: uh yeah i mean a lot of times it's funny like i, I- you know, will complain about an album if it seems too much like a soundtrack to a movie. But uh, this this album managed to be its its own weird movie that it is soundtracking. Like the, the, movie, <laughs> it's, this, the movie itself is, seems to be within the music.
2: Yeah, uh, and which I, it should. I should. We should say it's like set in like 12th century yeah.
1: Northumbria or something. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I don't have like, you actually covered a lot of what I said. There's, there's these cool like climaxes on this album and I'm sucker for the, the choral, uh, what is the choral stuff as well? That, that, that good old, uh, hit of just bursting, uh, joyful energy, Um, Mm -hmm. especially coming out of, I like how the songs can sort of start weird and form into something that's more harmonious and, uh, moving as they go along or or just how that, that, that pattern kind of goes in and out. Um, it just becomes
2: like an elemental force so many times. Yes.
1: Um, but you know, I think you, you kind of put, you you kind of address my main point, which is, you know, he has that, that, um, you know jeff jeff mangum like ability to write a song about something no one else would write a song about (laughs) and and make that um something that really works to his advantage
2: yeah yeah like the song we just played i mean it's like a really heartfelt song about being a scared soldier on the front lines of some fucking fort in england a thousand years ago um (laughs) um and uh, just like pour his soul into it in a way that totally gets me. Um, the last thing I'll say, because really you just have to listen to it, it's so strange, um, is uh, I think this is actually basically written as it, it could just as easily have been a heavy metal album in terms of both mm. lyrical content and the writing of it. Uh, maybe not so much of the song we played, but I would love to hear him just like re record it as a metal album. Um, if you've ever heard the Tane by the Decembris um, it's like an EP they released, uh, probably 12 years ago or something now. Um, yeah. did you ever listen to that? No. Okay. Well, that's, it's, it's they're again, mining like English folklore. Um, <laughs> but they get, they get all heavy on that, which he doesn't really do here. Although there is some distortion. Um, but If you could imagine this done in that style that you've never heard, Joe, um, that would be that would be, I think, actually pretty incredible Um, because he actually I mean, he's just fucking wailing on his acoustic guitar sometimes and you can hear it almost sounds like it's about to break. He's hitting it so hard and uh, it would be cool to to hear it actually done that way. I would also uh, kill to see him live. He's he's apparently like a local sensation in uh, Newcastle uh newcastle i don't know how they say it uh over there which Newcastle, is like,
0: yeah, newcastle. newcastle. yeah well, well
2: <laughs> they've got this crazy accent there that probably neither of us can do um but uh uh i don't know if he ever comes to the states but i uh, i bet that would rule um probably there aren't enough fans to get the proper sing-along quality that would really make it kill here but if you could uh, maybe i'll go there and do it sometime to, to england <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um okay good stuff yeah uh we have two albums left joe one that we both picked and one that just i picked uh well, which
1: which would you like to do first let's we'll do the one we both picked last so let's okay let's do uh let's do good old thurston thurston Moore. Thirsty rock and for roll
2: Okay, that was Cusp by Thurston Moore from his album Rock and Roll Consciousness. Um, uh, This is again an album I didn't expect to be particularly into. Um, uh, Late period Sonic Youth is sort of hit or miss for me um sonic youth of course does not exist anymore um but uh considering this is thurston and uh steve shelley the drummer from sonic youth and then um Mm -hmm. actually Googe from uh my bloody valentine plays bass on this album um cool yeah and then uh some other guitarists i've never heard of um but uh i'm sure he's he's awesome because this album is awesome um this this one actually keeps growing on me. The more I listen to it, it's it's like crept up from, eh, I, I might include it, I might not to. This is one of uh, uh, my absolute favorites, possibly my second favorite of the quarter. Um, what I love about it really is, you know, I said before that uh, White Reaper is what pop punk should be. Mm-hmm. This to me is what prog rock should be um, instead of a bunch of really masturbatory uh, instrumental noodling. Um, this is like... Uh, Absolutely uh, as sophisticated as you would want. Um, uh, some of the later tracks, I mean, it's just really weird, interesting chord progressions. Um, and yet uh, it sacrifices none of the urgency and uh, power of rock and roll at its best. Um, and it's cool that it that as a result it really lives up to its sort of, uh, at first glance, uh, corny-ass title. Um, rock and roll consciousness, but <laughs> but it totally actually works and fits to me. Um, you know, it's just five tracks that are all uh, a lot of the they're all long and some of them are really long, but it's it's just powerful all the way through, uh, pretty much. And uh, uh it might actually be my favorite Sonic Youth related release, which is saying something for me wow. because I actually love Sonic Youth. Um, I never would have expected to say that. Um and i can't wait to see him live in a month here
1: nice so yeah um yeah you know sometimes it's a good sign when a, a older musician um when their album doesn't you know has sort of like a, a like straightforward generic title and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they've done much in the way of like uh marketing the music that way because you know they're just like then they're just focused on making good songs and they're not yeah. trying to do anything else and they're just kind of bringing what they have to the table yeah um, there's no
2: concept i'm just gonna kick ass
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of like and and or like a version like dinosaur jr now that's just like yes this album has a dinosaur jr title and dinosaur jr songs on it and you know f- yeah uh, uh, nothing else um uh this album of course being uh a little more ambitious than uh, late period dinosaur junior. Um, sure. but uh, yeah, I digress. I mean, I was this is also definitely my favorite uh, Sonic youth related release since <laughs> <laughs> unlike you, um I appreciate Sonic Youth without actually uh, liking them too much. <laughs> um, yeah, I get that. yeah. Uh, and I, I was just uh, it there's just really good um you know mm-hmm. that – it's, and I mean that that's like a very specific quality to me that this is just like good music, good rock. Like you're listening to it and you're um, it has all these things in, in equal measure, like, you know, well played, well written, moving and uh interesting. Yeah. And um I think that balance uh, between all these songs, um, especially, you know, where their length kind of, it, it's a benefit here because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the ideas just sort of slowly develop. Um, and, uh, yeah, even though, you know, like, uh, they're, they're long songs, but I, I love, they don't, they don't feel long. Um, smoke smoke of dreams might be definitely one of my favorite songs of the, of the quarter.
2: Hell yeah, man. Um, no, all of them are really good. Um,
1: it's uh just
2: the the two guitar thing going back and forth. I mean, they may be overdubbing a third at times, but it's just like just the heaviness without sacrificing again sophistication is so cool. Um, and uh, I will say the one drawback is the same drawback that every Sonic Youth release has, which is that he still can't fucking sing. Um, and you know, in Sonic Youth you had three people singing, none of whom could sing. Uh, but now it's just one. Mm. Uh, I was. It suddenly struck me, actually, the last time I was listening to this, who would be the perfect vocalist for this and probably all the other Sonic Youth albums, which is Mick Jagger. Um, But these are totally like Mick Jagger. It's not like Mick Jagger's spirit, but it's totally Mick Jagger-like melodies. Um, So uh, maybe when I go to heaven, um, I'll be able to just make that happen and see if I'm right about that or not. But um, apart from that, uh, completely killer rock music for the thinking man who is also uh,
1: a thrashing man. Uh, I the, thr- the thrashing man. I like that. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Yeah, let's let's
2: do it, Joe. Let's do our our final song album that we both picked that um, we also already both talked about. All right. Why don't you introduce it, since I had more albums, as usual.
1: Okay, well, this is, uh, uh, this is uh, Fleet Foxes, uh, and we'll play uh, Fool's Errand.
2: Fools Errand by Sonic Youth, or not Sonic Youth at all. <laughs> Fools <laughs> Aaron by Fleet Foxes from their album <laughs> Crack Up.
1: Yeah, and uh, we um, we're the Sonic Youth of folk music. <laughs> kind of, I, uh, you could make that argument.
0: <laughs>
1: um, certainly,
2: their multi-instrumentality. Yeah, and the the wall of sound. Uh, let's let's yeah. do a whole podcast about whether that's a justifiable descriptor.
1: So- um, no, we, we spent a fair amount of time talking about this album, why it's so good, what makes mm-hmm. it uh, a welcome evolution from previous excellent Fleet Fox's albums and its, uh, um, you know, uh, ambition and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, successful uh, yeah, what I want to say, um, you know, it successfully reached, uh, you know, what I might say, Fleet Fox is at full power. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, and, and it really sort of, they've always sort of, uh, you know, had this trance-like pose. I'll say they wanted to bring you into the trance of their music. And I feel like here, you know, you've finally kind of fallen under that spell completely. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, this album is, um, it, it holds up. The songs are great. And, um, you know, I, I, they don't have anything new to say about it. What about you, Paul?
2: Yeah, I guess just to, uh, as my thoughts have developed, the only additional thing I can think to say is there's something, there's something about Fleet Foxes. They have this strange quality, uh, that it's just there's a sort of enchantment to their music that is hard to put your finger on what's going on. I want to say that it's especially true. You know, there, there are other bands that do it of just like, you feel like more like with this music than with other even great music, that it's something just bursting out of somebody's soul that has to be made into art that could not be denied and that feels utterly authentic and true as a result it's funny that I would say all this and not pick them as my favorite album of the quarter but um I feel like Kendrick actually has a similar quality and a totally different um, Mm -hmm. mode of making music and you know like uh you know it's it's a classic thing of of other bands I love like Radiohead too um but it's I don't know when you, when I'm listening to Fleet Foxes, I feel like, uh, I'm listening to somebody who's working on a higher plane of, of artistic, um, energy to some extent. And I am maybe doing a poor job of drawing out what's doing that to me. It might just be a combination of soulfulness and quality of composition and musicianship, but, um, uh, it, it, it hits you in a, in a special way.
1: Yeah, I mean, what makes <laughs> what makes yeah. art good? Yes. <laughs>
2: um, well, that's why we have a whole fucking podcast that, and not it, a tweet, because exactly, it's hard to say. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, I think I, I would venture with Fleet Fox is to say that they really do succeed at um, kind of communicating some really complicated emotional states Yeah. Um, that, that there aren't necessarily words for, that we certainly don't, um, you know, kind of teach uh, teach any sort of spoken vocabulary for, and, and they just access it, and and that's why you're like, what? There's something here, and it's not anywhere else. And all I can say is, it's it's here, yeah. Um, because you know, we don't we we can't describe epic <laughs> soul uh, soul cleansing, yeah, sad yeah. existential uh you know uh I, I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a way to finish that sentence. It's yeah. it's, it's 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 just fleet foxes.
2: <laughs> well that that speaks to its quality. I mean that's that's why you need art. Like if you could say it quickly, you wouldn't need to make uh a complicated hard to play, hard to write, hard to perform uh a song out of it. You could just say it. And and to some extent I mean like Like, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with art or songs that can be summarized quickly. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. like earlier when we were talking about Mac DeMarco, I summarized a song as like a kiss off song and then another one as a uh, I'll still love you, even though sometimes I'm cold song. Like you can you can accurately summarize without, you know, saying that there's no point to the songs. uh, Some of those things, some of those songs, but. Uh, when you have something like this that's complicated and yet economical, like it couldn't be any less than it is and still achieve the same effect, that that speaks to its quality and the artistry of it.
1: So uh, props to them. Yeah, good point. I mean, I think a lot of these albums, uh, to bring it all home, uh, they home, uh, they, you know, if... if you removed some element from it or you broke it down to its parts you would quickly lose mm-hmm. uh that that energy that flows through it and just have you know uh you know workman like pop songs or strange sounds or you know uh weirdness for weirdness sake and and i think these these folks know how to bring those elements together um, whether it's like Thurston Moore doing it with like really simple stuff or um you know, someone someone like Fleet Foxes or Richard Dawson, um, you know, having to work with some really like having to wrangle some really hard to pin down uh, music and themes to uh yeah. create something great. Yeah. Um
2: yeah, while you're my my way I would sum up the quarter is um it's not true of every album I picked, but uh a surprising number of these albums, um you know, like we are—we're usually talking about, like, we're talking about indie rock. It's a pop uh, medium, and uh, while while we're frequently listening to accomplished musicians and people who are really good in their idiom, um, like technical virtuosity is uh, a bonus and not a requisite for the kind of music we're usually talking to. But I feel like a lot of these albums, particularly. Richard Dawson in his way, Kendrick Lamar, absolutely, Colin Stetson, Thurston Moore, and Fleet Foxes are are just like fucking amazing musicians at the actual act of playing music on their yes. instruments or whatever. Yes, and um, that doesn't always have to be the case to make me love it, but it's cool that we ended up with so much music where um, uh, that that elemental act of being of making music was just at such a high level and uh uh it just it turns me the fuck on that it turned out this way and um uh, i don't know i feel like there's something timeless about that too that will make this music last a little bit better um true yeah joe how many would would priests our our mutual favorite album of q1 have made your list this quarter uh i think so i still think so that was, yeah. a, that was a great album. Um, it, it was, but I think the only one it could have bumped for me was was Johnny Void. Um, uh, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not disparaging Priest. I'm just saying
1: how much stronger Q2 was. Uh, it was a really amazing quarter for me. Totally. Um, yeah, I think actually, I think it, looking back, probably uh, Julie Byrne probably would have had the best chance for me of, of making it mm. into this. And of course, John Wayne.
2: Ah, John uh, Wayne was really good. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem uh, uh, going back yeah. to him. I mean, he's another guy who's like he's doing his own weird thing in such a way that you have to respect it. This is, a pre-
1: this is a preview of our best of 2017 podcast, which we'll do yes. as soon as we do our best of 2016 podcast.
2: Yeah. In 2025, we will
1: revisit 2017. Maybe we should do like the best of like 2016 through 2021. Like it's a five year thing.
2: Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe we should start doing best of like not 10, but some random number like seven or 11 years ago. And we, we could start doing that now. Like we could do the best of 2010 <laughs> later on. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> totally uh, all right yeah uh all right i've i've made all my points we've even summed it up uh thanks for listening everybody this was by far our most economical best of a quarter uh episode in terms of amount of time we spent yakking about it uh yeah and it's still an hour and a half long yeah exactly but you know uh 10 great albums so what do you have to complain about nothing good night good night everybody follow us on twitter send us emails we'll get back to you later on